but here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Second star to the right, and straight on till morning. (laughs) Your co-host, Julie. Hello from the great bright north. Oh, really? (laughs) That's summer. Sunny day. Is it, is it summer yet? Like there's summer like soon. I don't remember. Soon. Just about to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first day of summer is soon. Not that that matters here in Southern California. Um, also joining us is your co-host Thorsten. Uh, hello. Somewhere from Southeast Asia. (laughs) What? Uh, I'm swimming, I'm swimming away in my own sweat. Oh God. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe you can find that uh, maybe you can find that submersible while you're at it. Um, <laughs> while right, that was a oh thing that happened. Whoa, whoa. While you're Don't out there, maybe you can find that thing. Uh, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> also joining us is your Tangent. co-host, your co-host Jacob. Speaking of which, there you go. I'm sorry, I had a bit going on there, but that completely threw me off. Uh, right. Sorry, it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> and your co-host David. It's uh, it's the swing on. Hello. <laughs> Looks like it. Now joining us from uh, from uh, Jacob's neighborhood in Poland. I'm I'm just lumping your whole country as a neighborhood, by the way, because that's that's what we do. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> It's not that big, right? <laughs> uh, it has like, um, it's, it's, let's see. It's, it's, a it's little, only about 37 million people. It's a little smaller than California, right? Physically. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. oh, say, can you see? Please stop. Please stop. It's not that okay. big. Uh, joining us from Poland, uh, Coder, because uh, I'm not going to try and say your actual name, because that would be bad. Uh, <laughs> from Codera Software to talk about your almost out. Well, it kind of is out of early access, but not officially yet. Um, Delta V, Rings of Saturn. Welcome, buddy. Uh, hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. We've, we've been following your game for... A, it's, been a early access, it's been in early access for uh, three or four years. Right? Almost two uh, years, yes. Yeah, uh, it's, been, yes. it's been a while. Steam says, uh, Steam says, um, 2019. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah August 2019. 2019. Oh, my God. It's, it's right there. Yeah, uh, time flies. Oh, my God. It does. Wow, that, I that, call it longer. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, tw- March 2020 was 18 years ago. So, that's why it's felt that long. Um, but your, it is very relative. Yeah. But your game is almost out of early access. It's coming out, I believe, next month uh, in yes, July. Exactly to the day. And, um, and, but you've already released the 1.0 to people who already own it. Which is kind of awesome. <laughs> I have to admit. Interesting approach. Um, well, I already have the build, so why keep it back? This way, I at least I get all the bugs fixed. Oh, I see. That makes so, sense. It makes- for the first time in the history of uh, in the history of programming, something was done before the before the deadline. That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I, but but that's because I set the deadline after I was finished. So it's easier this way. (laughs) No, that's great. 
That's great. You're yeah. like you're like Scotty. If it takes four hours, tell him it's gonna take eight. <laughs> and then they'll think you're a miracle worker. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, how would you describe your game to someone who's never seen it before? Ooh, asteroids, but with physics. What? <laughs> Good description. I, that's that's it, fair. That's very it's apt, a, actually. This is very simplistic, but uh, entirely fair. It is about dodging asteroids in, uh, in, in zero G. Oh man, dodging. You'll see if you watch the video I made for the for the background here. It is I I did a poor job of that today while I was recording yeah. the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dodging is the intended result. What you're seeing on the, what you're seeing. Oh, let's see, right. I got. Oh, no, you dodged that one. I got a little bit of. No, here we go, and boom, there it is. I got a little bit of target and fixation. Whack. Yeah, I got a little bit of target fixation, and a nice big rock hit me pretty much in the face, which uh, <laughs> is very easy to happen in this game. You got to pay attention. Just, uh, <laughs> just slam face first into a rock. Lovely stuff. It was great. It's delightful. Yeah, so you, go ahead. Carry on. No, you were, okay. What I was going to say is, yeah, fundamentally, the game. I would say yes. It is basically a movement. It is basically a movement puzzle about about eating space rocks and not slamming into bigger space rocks. And yeah, then and it's 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 like that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, it's it's great because um, even though the the real the physics are real. And everything you've created a control scheme that is not. Oh, and I hit another one. Uh, you hit, you made a control scheme that is not at all really complicated. I mean, it can be as complex as you want it to be. You have buttons for every thruster, which I really think is awesome. I really, if you want to control that thing manually, you can. Is it a good idea? Not especially. Not especially for me. But I, I love how you've you've given people the option for a complex control system if they want it, but you've also added some hotkeys that, uh, and some mouse buttons that, uh, make flying around nowhere near as complicated as you might think. So I really have to yes. appreciate, I really have to share my appreciation for your control scheme. Was that, uh, was that a tough balance to come up with? Well, <laughs> It all started with manual controls because uh, I actually made this because one of my favorite games that was Elite Two Frontier. I don't know if you played that. Oh yeah, of course we did. Oh, oh my oh, god, yeah. I still remember. Yeah. I still remember when I bought the box at a Babbage's in the Springfield Mall back in 1994 after a blizzard, <laughs> and I played that okay, thing for so months. So, oh yes, remember that game very well. It, 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 it was awesome, but one thing that always bothered me is, is that I saw that this ship had another thrusters, but I couldn't use it manually, because if you, you use manual uh, thrust in the front, you only could get your main, main torch and your back, back thrusters, and that, that was about it. All right. Yeah, the turning you, you, in that you, game was fiddly. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. so I, I wanted, oh, okay, I want to control all the thrusters. And then, okay, I nobody will be able to fly this. We need autopilot on top of this. 
yeah, I, I mean, you you can you can actually play this uh, on full manual. I I know I do. Uh, I know many players th- that that do. But it takes takes time. It gives you really fine control of, over the ship. But you need to have a feel how how a ship moves in space. Brave soldiers, yes. those those people. Holy crap! Probably and a I lot of say, practice. I do appreciate how you've made it a diegetic, as is the legal term, uh, by um, making the autopilots actually something you can buy for your ship, including better autopilots that are more responsive and react better with. Um, how do I say this? And react better with um, like changes in thrust depending on cargo and depending on um, damage to your thrusters. It's very really good. I do. In fact, I want to just touch on that because I do appreciate just how much effort you put into making like everything on in making every upgrade for the ship and every component it, you can buy a real thing, like feel like a real thing that you could like buy at a you know hardware store or a car shop. Yeah, upgrading the ship is great. I really like the progression there. Yeah, no, it's, there's there are lots of uh, lots of toys, <laughs> and I love how you can upgrade each individual thruster if you want to. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now you can, in fact, upgrade yourself into flaming out and exploding. But hey, uh, you the can? game kind of warns you there. Oh, yes. If you are oh. uh, like. <laughs> I just wanted to say that somewhere in the tutorial, there should be like a suggestion that said, also, you might want to buy baffles so that all of your mind ore doesn't slide right out the front. (laughs) True, yeah. I've had that happen. This is a very important lightning experience. Because that's yeah. that's that's put there so remind you that okay this is real physics you open up the cargo bay you're going to slow down everything will fall off. <laughs> I believe that happened to me in the video that I made this morning. Like I had three rocks just fall out right in front of me. I had to get them again. <laughs> Everything's loose. <laughs> it's- yep, you're you're a co- you're a you're a space mining truck. Uh, you don't have any like fancy cargo organizing. Like you can get like a processing system that makes it easier, but it's very expensive, and uh, well, arguably worth it in the long run. But you don't start with it. No. So basically, everything's just rolling around loose in your giant space can. You're basically a giant. Yes. You're a soda can with engines. Is basically what you are. And uh, yes. And a and a kind of a fish-like mouth in the front of it. <laughs> That is the part that I still find the most amusing. The fact that you do, in fact, uh, mine in this game by approaching small rocks and eating them. <laughs> and and I appreciate that. I appreciate that because a lot of games, like you point a beam at a at a rock and it just hoovers the minerals out, and I'm I'm fine with that too. But I appreciate the like what's the word? Would physicality be the word of the things you're pulling in? Like like tactile. You're, tactile. tactile. That's a good word. All tangible, yeah. like tangibility could be it as well. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, you have, you have to actually get to the rock. And the thing is, other games have tried to do this kind of approach before. Like, you know, here's the bingo card, Elite Dangerous. Um, they've got, you know, mining in this game where you have to pick up the little pieces. And it's the most frustrating, probably the most frustrating space mining I've ever encountered, honestly. And, and, I then, lo- they g- and then they give you robots that do it for you, which this game also has, but they're better. <laughs> I guess I haven't gotten to that point here. Um, probably need a better ship for that. 
so I haven't gotten that far in the game. I'm going to be completely honest because I am I am I'm still not good at it. I'm trying to get better, but I need more practice. But is it a pure sandbox? There's a lot oh. of stuff. Is it a pure a stuff? Yeah, there is. Is it a pure sandbox, or are there missions and quests at some point? Well, you have quest tied to your mostly to your crew. So if if you hire people, they want to do something usually with oh. life. That, that is so so if you want to experience story, hire people. And uh, there is kind of a mind quest you can get involved into, but uh, I really didn't like games that shove the mind quest up, up upon you, that you need to go and do save this planet or something like that. So this is made in the way that if you want to involve, get involved in the conflict that is going on in the rings, you can. You can have... Uh, impact on what what is going on but you have to seek it out yourself oh i see and it seems like it's also a really big game like oh it's huge just the first area where you're 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 finding asteroids to mine is just absolutely massive is it one-to-one is it like two scale with how big the actual rings would be uh Technically, yes, but the gameplay area is limited to 3,000 kilometers square. Like, square of 3,000 kilometers each side. So, it's huge, but space is huge. Yes, that is 3,000 square kilometers, which is still a lot of space, but it's not uh, the entire ring. No, 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 no. If you if you look at the entire ring, this is this is a tiny, tiny portion, really. It would still take a long time to fly from one end to the other, with especially with the starting ship. <laughs> yeah, starting ship is actually uh, K thirty seven is uh, really good. Yeah, really it's one of the faster ships. Is it? Yeah. Oh, so, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, it's not like not like you're starting with shit ship. This 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 is a thing <laughs> that can. Uh, I I play it all the time. This is this is my favorite ship. So you, you can yeah, same totally here. go uh, the game. Oh wow. There are, oh, there are other ships in the game, but most of the times they're either sideways or they're like a gimmick. They have some weird thing they can do. Like there's the Eagle there's the Eagle, I believe was it was it called the Eagle, which has this these big crunching um crunching yeah, like yes. the Eagle Prospector, which has this like crunching thing at the front. Like a, it's not a drill, it's like a grinder, like a rock yeah. grinder. Uh, that you can use instead of a, instead of a railguns or mining lasers, but it also lacks what's called the uh, high stress mount, which is the big thing in the middle of the uh, of the kestrel that you can mount like railguns or big arms on. Which, by the way, is my favorite upgrade in the game: the big arm you can just mount on your ship. Oh yeah, Jesus! Making that arm took like half a year. <laughs> yeah, I it, yeah. The the fact that it even re- feels realistically janky like a robot arm would tells me that you put a ton of effort into it. Admittedly, most of this effort was to make it not crash the game because this, this thing was like, okay, this is fun, free day project. Let's add this. And it kept messing up all the systems. <laughs> Because it, it, it integrates into everything in the game, in the physics, into it's not actual physical object. Like unlike everything else that's modeled what the in-engine physics, this is purely mathematical construct that needs to match the physics ideally. So uh, <laughs> there were all kinds of problems. So the, 
that's one of one of upgrades that uh, when when I got to that point when it stopped crashing the game, it said, "Okay, you have this arm, and I'm not touching it. Nothing it works. About it. Leave it be. Yeah, it works until we go out in 1.0. I'm not touching this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you stuck through with it because it is my favorite upgrade in the game. You know, I I just wanted to say, and uh, our people people have been listening to the show since I've been on know that my favorite part of Eve Online was the industrial part, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of space games that are about the industry side, and that's just something I wanted to say thank you for doing this kind of game. Uh, and I also wanted to ask you about, while I really appreciate the artwork, why do all the spaceships look like bugs? <laughs> uh, they do. And they one do? is even one is even named after what an arachnid something. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. The K forty seven. This uh, that's hmm. I suppose is it, is it just my imagination that I'm reading into something? I, uh, I see, don't. I don't think so, really. I, I, I this, this wasn't a conscious decision. So, uh, when, when designing ship, we actually have this real trust layout uh, in the game. So, I one of the first things that I need to think about when I'm making a new ship is where to add the thrusters so the, the ship actually flies reasonably. Because uh, yes, they so are it, modeled physically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, because, they are. Uh, I figured that the easiest way to make the ship move is not to uh, induce some motion, just at at a place where you uh, put exhaust in the one direction and put, uh, apply force in the opposite direction, and that's it. That's 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 what how the game. Uh, how the real physics works of spacecraft. So uh, that. Added a lot of trouble for the autopilot, which actually needs to know where the, all the thrusters are, are because uh, one of the things that we don't have here, there are no cheats. Uh, like the computer, the autopilot does not cheat. It uses exactly the same controls as you can. Uh, but that means that it needs to be aware of all the physics around and uh, how, how, how this would actually work. Uh, so this implied that there are some designs that are just not feasible because ship would, wouldn't fly. You you couldn't perform some maneuvers or, or was really awkward to fly. And uh, perhaps some some of the similarities between ships come from this. Oh, okay. So, so to summarize, is the fact that with how ships work, there's only so many different ways you can shape them. Yeah, well, yes, because if you want to, if you want your ship to slow down, you need to put thrusters in front of it, right? So you need some something that goes in front of ship, in, back to all the way around, right? Yeah. So I understand this. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I understand this wasn't your first effort, and I just saw this basically passing and trying to do a little background about you is uh why what attracted you to a like an industry industry based kind of game and did you just wake up morning one morning and say hey i know asteroids yeah actually this is my 
first attempt at making games. I tried to do role-playing games first, and that was a terrible idea. This, uh, because this, the scope of the, the actual time you will spend on making the game is much larger than you think initially. So if you think, okay, this is a project for two years, you're not going to finish it. Uh, Delta V, I initially thought I could make it in one month. <laughs> so, what? so sorry <laughs> so that that was like oh and we need that and we need that and we need that of there was a fair amount of scope creep when we got out in uh in in the early access uh because initially i didn't actually plan any crew any dialogue system that was something that players wanted it was initially just Flying, mining rocks, and environmental storytelling about the things that are happening in the rings. But yeah, then players come, okay, let's... Uh, it would be fun to talk to other ships. And uh, yeah, that was a simple thing to do. This added about three years to the development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Just a, three just a tiny, years tiny later. Uh, One month versus three years. Wow. Now, I will <laughs> concede... Uh, I will concede one thing. It is, uh, well, it, it, it made the game a lot better. Uh, the crew system made the game genuinely fun and genuinely more interesting because, well, your crew can, your crew are your primary source of storytelling. Yes. Oh, and, uh, if I may uh, say something about the crew here, when I'm hailing other ships and stuff, um, when my crewmen are speaking with other ships, can I just their role as well as their name in the chat log so um, I know that's my mechanic who is speaking or whatever is that possible yeah I don't think I have that feature I I mean I remember vaguely implementing something like that but that's not 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 in uh, hmm. I'm sorry Okay, it, it is somewhere, but uh, it, it's not. It, it doesn't show up everywhere when, where, where you see your crew. So, if for some uh, dialogue options, when you pick, uh, for example, if if you are letting uh, crewman go, you will you will see that you are okay. You are firing your geologist here, but it's 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 not everywhere. All right, all right. So oh. this is a f- fun idea to add, but we are. Right now in feature freeze, so after the release. Yes, there's yeah. a, you have enough stuff to work on, and the game is already pretty good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I get player and my own ideas all the time. This, this, all, all that goes to the backlog because uh, currently, when we we, we are uh, preparing for the release, uh, uh, all I work uh, uh, on until. For next month, I think we'll be fixing bugs. So, uh, because adding any any feature will pretty much always add new bugs. And yeah, you're it seems that players fine. players really don't like releases uh, with bugs. So I opted to <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, <don't>. like okay, <laughs> like like let's make sure there are no bugs. And uh, we will pick up uh, adding new features after that. It's it's really it's really tough too because I'm I'm helping work on a on a game, and 
up until I had to tell the developer to stop because we're in beta, he was adding new stuff. And I'm like, no, we're supposed to stop, stop doing this <laughs> so we can just focus on fixing things. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to say thank you, though, for even though we don't know any popular game that starts with an S that has feature creep. Uh, uh, I won't say the name, but you can say still, the name. Go ahead. Oh, no. Star Citizen Bingo. I did want to congratulate you on listening to your community because one of that's been one of my greatest upsets with a, a game I won't get into, but it's like it's a port to uh, a to uh, a popular handheld, and the thing is, there's so many bugs, and when you talk to try and turn in a bug report, you just get like this little automated that okay, thanks for writing, um, but it's nice to have somebody who really listens to the to the community, even if it's sometimes sheer detriment. Yeah, like, how has the early access um, period gone for you? Has it been pretty constructive? Has, have there been problems? Like, I'm always fascinated to hear oh, how early access goes for a developer. This was actually f fantastic. Oh, so I got a lot of feedback. Uh, well, I got the game sales. That, that's that's the most important part because uh, when I started this, this was just a side project. Right now, this can go full time. Oh my gosh! It's completely, it's oh, completely wow. self sufficient at at this point. So yeah, that that that's amazing. That's amazing. It took about three years to get there. So the last year is okay. I don't need to do anything else. I can I could technically do this full time. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's also a perk of this that the prices in Poland are probably a lot uh, lower than in the States. So I, I don't need that much. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. But no, yeah, that's, I, that's awesome to right, hear, though. That's, all right, Delta V is, in static navigation is still $5. That's, that's amazing. Three years later and you're living the dream. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing, and uh, well, that was a real challenge to go uh, to plan when to go out of the uh, early access because if if you have uh, yet you have this project that that is self sustaining, right? So uh, I don't really have to go out of out of the early access. This is like something. Or, or okay, I need to put the line. This this is this is the. Complete experience. I want to. I I want you to have because, well, it's it's an important milestone. But that's not not something like uh, I I had uh, some some looming deadline over me. Well, I mean, you could start selling JP, JPEGs of ships. You know. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no no! If you want, I mean, that'll that'll bring in some more money. You don't you don't have to actually release. You don't have to actually ever release the game. Just keep in adding things. You haven't to noticed, we, in case you haven't noticed, we say we tell you say we really dislike Star Citizen. Just yeah, like, we, in case you weren't aware yeah. of this somehow. In case you ah, that game a, or something. In case we weren't clear. I think that's pretty I think this is pretty universal among players. <laughs> yeah, well like, I, I I really like what they wanted what they showed they want to do with the Star Citizen, but um Well it's yeah. Been, what, 12 years now? Um, about now 11, roughly, because it started in 20, 2012. Um, so 11 years. No, 
just a side well, note. It, there, is, there is something you can play there, so it's not but, uh, completely It's not. Well. It's not nothing, but. Yeah, if they had if they had kept to the scope, speaking of scope creep, of their original design that they were planning that they you know released on Kickstarter and whatnot, the game would have been out already, you know. But yeah, we still don't have Squadron Forty Two. But regardless, nope. but, we have, but we have procedural eggs and and cupboards are <laughs> cupboards are interactive now and um, bathrooms. I think there's bathrooms in the game. And, 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 and forcible ejection from your ship by falling through it. That's a thing. <laughs> Granted, that was like two years ago, but yes, that was a thing. Regardless. <laughs> anyway. And procedural blankets. Regardless, Delta V rings of Saturn, which by kind the way, of, one... <laughs> no, I was going to kind of bring it back. Was it hard to to come to a point where you're like, I have to stop adding things and just focus on making this ready for release? Was that a tough line to to come to because you can want to keep making oh, yes. it better. Yes. Yes. Uh, one of the things I need to cut back uh, for 2.0 and 3.0 was uh, two story arcs because uh, I really like the idea that you have, you can have like not one main storyline, but three different ones. And uh, the player should uh, can pick which, which one he uh, goes for. So initially I planned three storylines, but then I figured, okay, let's do one for 1.0 and I'll add another two for 2.0 and another for 3.0. So after, I presume what this means is after the game comes out, you are still going to uh, put in effort and add oh, updates yes. and such. Yes. Of course. Wonderful. Why, I, mean, why, why should, I mean, why should I stop? Because it's it's not going to sell less than early access. So, <laughs> uh, and I, I and I love working on this. I mean, oh, that's, that's good. good. A lot of pe- that that is the perfect well, because a lot of people when they work on a game they feel like oh finally it's done I can move on to something else. If you're enjoying like working yeah. on it, I say keep going because. I mean, again, I enjoy playing it. Everyone else, everyone here like enjoys playing it, even if there are varying levels of skill at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm terrible at it, but it's fine. <laughs> now, one thing I will say, part of me feels like this game still needs a manual. Like, not even anything fancy, anything, like, tutorialish. Something that, like, explains some more of the mechanics. Because a lot of them, I see they're there, but I don't know what they do. For example, I know there's a crew happiness mechanic. Because, like, if you go to services and you like rest at a like one of the fancier places in the ring your crew can get like a happy face next to them which indicates they're happy i have no idea what that does like there's no mouse over tip there's no nothing there i don't know what that does okay fair uh, the the idea i had for for this uh... Like hmm, there are three areas in the game design or development that uh, never end. You get uh, additional content, performance, and tutorialization. So, like, how no matter how fast your game runs, you can always make it a bit faster. Uh, no matter how many encounters you have, you can have a bit more. And no matter how many tutorials you have, uh, you can add more. You can explain more <laughs> things. And but, so, so these are these are infinite. This you can you can work with this to the end of days. Uh, oh, absolutely! Uh, I needed at some point to put. All right, this is this is enough. 
Uh, that's mainly based on player feedback, on video feedback uh, usually, because the, 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 that's the best, best, best kind of feedback I, I get. When I can see someone playing the game, not knowing anything, and then I get those every... All right, you missed this, you got this right, you got this right, this is totally unexplained, and uh, I work based on that. And... Uh, well... Ooh. How do I put this? There are a lot of me mechanics that are not explained intentionally uh, because I try to mirror what would uh, happen in reality. So the 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 my team is uh, I said uh, initially that that's what's asteroids, but with physics, an actual term would be the deconstruction of asteroids. So figuring out what would game of, of asteroids look like if it happened in real life. So that's why we are in rings of Saturn, because this is the only <laughs> place in the solar system that makes sense that you have those asteroids. And uh, oh. as an as, as extension of that, that, there are lots of things that if you uh, figure out how that would work in reality, you will find that it works the same way in the game. So with happiness, for example, you get better performance. And uh, how much better is kept vague intentionally, because this will depend from person to person. Uh, you will get other kinds of interactions, so like if, if people are happy working for you, they won't ask for raises so much. But Fair that's enough. intentionally left vague, so you can, all right, if you can think about this this way, if, if you... There's often things in games that you look at something and say, okay, it's fine mechanic, but in real life, it would happen differently. So I, I try to not have that. So if if, uh, if someone approaches me like, okay, in real life, your starship would have a different plume uh, of, from your rocket. Yeah, that that's a bug level uh, thing. That, that, that's something I spent months working on. So, so I, I try to do it with, with all, all aspects of the game. Yeah, and I do in that way. I do appreciate like when I could see that something's happening. I did appreciate. For example, I've noticed that when you uh, like spent spend a lot of time resting, uh, the education of your crew goes up because presumably they like get you know courses and such to get better, while their experience goes up when they're actually doing things related to their job in the field. And that's why they have education experience as separate track stats. Now, which one does which? I. I'm guessing they both do roughly the same thing. That they just sort of make them both better at a thing. Because again, I don't know the exact details. Because the details, you again, you left vague intentionally. But yes, I. But it does. I do appreciate that. Um, like you gave uh, you gave the crew both a reason to like to like sit back and learn, as well as um, as well as actually like if you take them out, they get better at their job because experience. I had a point there, and I kind of butchered it. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's the sort of thing that leads to emerging gameplay. I would say. Oh yes, because yes, we have we have a lot because of this. because of the the variance of of the things you don't necessarily have explained, but you could sort of figure out how the mechanics work just by doing things that make them happy. The, the, yeah. You could tell that there are effects, even if you don't know the particulars. Yes. Uh, there is also all the fact that, again, each uh, crewman has the hidden story, which way too... Like, you put a lot of effort into that, and I have to congratulate you. 
Um, I'm excited. There are some hilarious combinations that happen. For example, in my case, I I ended up with um, how do I say this? Uh, I ended up with one uh, crewman who is an ex-pirate, uh, which uh, helped me actually because when a pi- when I did find one of the pirates in the rings, they tried to shoot me dead. I opened I opened comms and uh, and my crewman went, "Hey, but hey, buddies, it's me! Don't shoot us!" And they went, "Why are you still alive?" But also okay. <laughs> and then later I learned <laughs> that what that my other crewman is an ex-cop. Which I presume oh, made the, which I presume made the, um, uh, because they interacted with uh, one of the like um, bounty hunters as they're called as they're called in the um, uh, in the game, which I presume made the situation on my ship extremely tense. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like jagged alliance on a spaceship, I, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then my third crewman, for some reason, had a fifty thousand uh, credit bounty on them for reasons they refused to tell me. Yeah, I I, I I I hate to spoil it to you, but that was all interactions with one person. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what one crewman described with one quest. Oh dear. Oh boy. Oh my. Wow. So that crewman was both uh, a pirate and a no, cop. No, no, no. Uh, there is uh, what? There, there is no ex-cop. Uh, in, oh, I in, think, but it was like. I don't remember exactly. It was something he, he, like they talked he, to bounty hunters and did stuff. Yeah, because the, he, he was arrested and he knows them. Ah, got it. Uh, and a... he, <laughs> he, he also had the bounty on him. That's that's, that's uh... yeah. Another one I have is of course there's one there's one person who's like constantly looking for someone on some ship, and every time they talk to anyone or go anywhere, they mention like this lo- this lost person that was on some ship that they don't know where they are. Which I keep being told, look for uh, look uh, look in salvage services. There is no salvage services anywhere, so I don't know where to look. But I'll just keep looking. <laughs> but regardless, yeah, like it is very telling. I I wanted this this thing to happen that uh, uh, hiring a crew is not just a uh, similar thing to uh, buying an upgrade to your ship. So you're actually hiring a person, and they want to do something. Most, yeah, most I people do that. want to do something. With, with, I, I didn't know that was a. Th- I didn't know there was a thing. I just hired people that had had an interesting skill set. Well, that, that's that's, that's how you start. That's how you start. They certainly have skill sets. They they will help you run your ship, run your company, but they all want to do something. Sometimes that's a silly thing. One one person might want to get a cat. Oh, and, uh, yeah. That that's a thing that can happen. And uh, sometimes they, they, yeah, you get, you even get achievement when you complete that. Oh, yes. Get the Beltauda cat. Okay. So, 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 uh, okay. So yeah, I have to do that now. I obviously have to to locate the cat. (laughs) I have to find the cat. (laughs) Yeah, there is, admittedly, there is some silly stuff there. Also, yeah, I technically, see, I had a weird thing happen where, um, because because what happened is I found a uh, derelict ship. Presumably it was shot to buggery by a uh, by a uh, by another ship. It was just sort of floating around. I tried to grab it with the grabby arm, and I get it, and I get a pop up from um, the crew that one of the crewmen wants to get over there and like repair it with fifty thousand um, with uh, like a bunch of um, you know remass for the thrusters to fix it up and get it going. Which what happened was very weird. Because what happened was, I did that, I sent them over, they yelled at me that, um, 
uh, they messed up and I need to get out of there. And I presume they got out of there because they were back on the ship. The problem is the ship itself, uh, I thought it would like explode or it would like break down. No, it got up and started shooting me. <laughs> Wait, what? So either yes, so Mr. That's, Gura, either that's I found a zombie happened. Either you either there is that is a zombie ship, or it's a bug that made a zombie ship. In which case, I, right. I'll, so, I'm very concerned. Technically, you can buy this autopilot that does this, and uh, it's usually locked off, so it cannot. Uh, it's so. Uh, there's an autonomous autopilot you can buy that will try to fly this ship for you. That's a and, oh, uh, I think the one, and, the next one. And the and, ship uh, had one of those. Yeah, probably yes. And uh, normally, when you pilot the ship, it has the that uh, in universe they're called AI training, AI training. So. It cannot take all the decisions it could normally. It may want to shoot another ship, but it doesn't have access to weapons. Uh, but in the it technically it's it's a switch in the software of the ship. So we're going to re- revisit that for 2.0, where the storyline for 2.0 is where one 1.0 storyline you have now is about the pirates and the bounty hunters. So you can get involved in that. In yeah, 2.0, I've I want to. I want to explore the AI. So yeah, you, okay. you you you'll get you'll get all, all this how the AI works in the setting, uh, how are they used, to, what are their goals, and uh, well, there's a really interesting conversation going on in the real world about AI recently. I I, I thought this uh, would be a good opportunity to explore this. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, yeah, like I. And yeah, I did find it interesting that like on one there is like these this like automated trading station uh that that has an AI that insists very much it is an, it is not sentient, but also by its own definition it is. <laughs> yeah, there are, that, there are like, bits of this already. Yeah, there are bits of this already that, and like I'm glad that stories this story is getting expanded because there's a lot of fun stuff in there. This is a great setting. I ever since I've watched the Expanse, I've had an unhealthy love for this for these kinds of near future like solar system space settings, and this is just perfect for that. It's got the exact same vibe. Yeah, I glad I, you think that. I also love the bits of like um, like um, like setting writing you put into uh, item descriptions, like you did the Dark Souls thing. Of item descriptions telling you story, like for example, one of the um, the fact that one of the uh, main engines you can buy for your ship is in fact a reaction thruster from a uh, frigate, from a military frigate, which tells you, which Ooh. lets you like run the numbers in your head in your head uh, on how big a frigate is in this setting. <laughs> you can encounter one. Oh wait, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, I don't want to, but okay. <laughs> Are they massive? Is that the thing? Are they massive? Spoilers, I presume. Whoa. I let's. I had a, a bit bigger than your ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I had a couple of questions or suggestions or whatever, and it's not going to be the one that Jacob thinks it is. Um, I am approaching this game from someone who's one of the people who wasn't very good at it, but I had the benefit of that. Someone like Luke, who's in our audience, uh, to say, hey, you know, I'm stuck on this and this and this and this. And I had watched the video and went through the tutorial twice, and I still had some problems. And it and I don't know for, for the first thing is I don't know if there's a Discord or some place to turn for help to say you know I, I know it, this is I'm go ahead. I'm pretty sure there's a Discord link in the main menu of the game. Is there? there? Is. Okay. The other thing is, and this is another simple kind of thing, is one of the first things I do is I look for, I go out to the settings and they say, okay, where can I rebind things? And I know it was a visual thing, but it was a bit confusing for me. And it would be nice if there was like an option for like, you know, the thruster, you know, your left mouse button, this for that, and still like a visual thing. But most importantly, as I listened to you talk about this, there's a lot more depth to this game than I was aware of at first. And it's something that would make me hit the buy button faster. And that is to find out, even if it's just kind of a light RPG kind of element to it, to, to f- find out more, a little bit about this, uh, like up front, just, just say, well, hey, you know, my crew member uh, used to be an ex-con and or is on the run. My other crew member is a police officer to find out that there are uh, AIs who think they're sentient in the game and things like that, you know, just to make the player more aware. Yeah. The, so I guess the argument is the, the story should be a bit more front and center. I actually thought about this, but this is a difficult choice because uh, if you, if you, okay, uh, how you market your game is uh, also important part of the development. And uh, right. one of the things I found that's really important is to not oversell it. Like, do not suggest things that are not front and center in the game, in the game description. So. If I tell this is okay, you there are many stories here, and you can you can follow stories and you can role play. That's cool because that that is in the game. But the main thing you will be doing most of the time is flying and mining rocks. And if you don't don't enjoy mining rocks, you you're not going to enjoy this game. Right, but it's I, I think what she's saying is like it sounds like some of us didn't even know that there were stories via the crew. You know, like you don't have to spoil any of their stories, but just saying that, you know. That's yeah, I'm not saying make it front and center because I mean it was enough for me to find out that I'm I'm always looking for like the industrial aspect in the game, and as soon as I found that out, I said, "Wow, I'm sold." But uh, it would I, I it would be nice if it was something that I wouldn't have to kind of hunt for and find out later on. You know, just more. Even if you're not saying you you had to advertise it or something, but it's like uh, like upfront sooner in the game. It's all it's just something that adds more enjoyment for me. I think maybe one of the things uh, Yola is referring to is probably that uh, when you're picking up crew, when you're recruiting them, 
a short biography or something like that uh, would be interesting. But yeah, that would be probably had to be generated and, and may as well spoil exactly what their backstory will be in said session. Well, to be fair, on the store page, it does list about the crew that you hire. It doesn't go into their uh, the stories necessarily, but the quote is, the story does not revolve around you. It is driven by the characters you hire and encounter. So taking that line as it's read, that tells you there is something to that that hiring crew does have an effect on, on things beyond just making your ship an upgrade. So that's sort of there. It's hinted at, not directly, but it's there. Yeah, this yeah, is, this is one of the design choices you have to make, because uh, uh, if you put too much uh, content uh, up front for the player, it can be overwhelming. So this this mm. is this is this is a line I I went for, and also this is something that in in industry we call feature creep. So uh, yeah, we we could Fair. add the uh, yeah I I I have like a thousand items I can add to the game listed. Like, but you need uh, to prioritize them. <laughs> yeah, that that there was one point. Okay, this is for one point oh. We finish our point point oh. We'll see what we can fit further in down the line. Also, so for, actually, for the scale, 1.0 consists of 4,000 issues, roughly. So you're telling us there could be more DLCs for the game in the future? Well, I think there would be counted updates. Okay. I don't like the DLCs with things. All right, my, my approach to DLC is uh, DLC is fine as long as it uh, contains just optional content. If something is like, I think everybody would like to have like everybody would like to have another ship it, it shouldn't be dlc it should be in the base game actually yeah i wanted to ask you that's about great. It, actually that's great what brought on the idea of putting furries in your game as a dlc yeah that... yeah that is, that, is, that is that is a hilarious story because uh, all right this is this was an april fool's joke right yeah it Two was years, but... years back right it was like okay i'm uh, uh, I'm going to. I made a screenshot. I'm going to uh, change the character portraits uh, to be furries. Okay, that's what for one 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 day, uh, shown in on uh, social media, and uh, like people went and all right, shut up and take my money. <laughs> so, so I was okay. Okay, this <laughs> takes about three days to make. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> You're talking about dirty fur here, so yeah, thanks for adding it. it if you, if you, if the people want it, who, who are who are you who to, are you to stop? Not, who are you to not give the people what they want? I mean, God, I mean, it is extremely funny. It is, it is funny. And it, it it's purely cosmetic, so you know you don't need it, which is nice. You know. Yeah, that's what. It, that's why it's uh, it fits the DLC because that's something. If you want something like that, okay, sure, get it. If you don't like the uh, default style of the portraits that one the uh, anime ones, you can get that too. But that's 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 only changes cosmetics. Oh that God, doesn't, doesn't actually so change. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, carry on. 
So, like for me, DLC is a good thing if this if it's something optional, something so some players want, others don't. If something is like uh, adding more story, adding new upgrades, adding new ships, this should be in the base game. That's great. No, that is... I have um, oh, probably another question here. Well, I guess we're pretty much uh, encountered throughout the whole show here, but. Yeah, this is a game about mechanics, and there's a lot of them. I I like to see it. So I was wondering here because like you have multiple solutions to a problem in this game. Um, I would describe like um, oh, I ran out of ammo for my railgun. Whoops, I did that. But I can still melt rocks with my thrusters. I can still do that. Uh, just fire it up a little bit and melt the ice by that. So I was wondering, have you gotten like any inspiration from uh, uh, the yeah, I guess uh, Spaz will know what I'm talking about. Maybe even Jacob here. Have you taken any inspiration from um, Hideo Kojima by allowing multiple solutions to a problem or stuff like that? Mm, no, I actually, uh, I perhaps not consciously because it's hard to not get inspiration from games you play, right? So, but uh, I wanted to go for the thing where the most solutions is actually emergent. So I set up the uh, setting and uh, I try to play and see what works. And All then right. I, I codify this in the, in the game lore that this is something actually people do. And I also heard that you're, you're still using the first ship in the game. And, well, I'm still stuck in it. And hearing the developer himself uh, flying the first ship in the game and uh, giving it high praise, yeah, that... Uh... That brings me joy to hear. I like more side grades than straight upgrades myself. Uh, yeah, that that well, the idea was here that uh, to mirror the. I actually uh, based it on the automotive market of the real world. So, like, there's no best car ever for everything. Uh, because if there was, there nobody would be buying anything else. Just yeah, because thing, people so. will just drive drive one car. Yes. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you if you want a truck, you you have good trucks. If you had the ships you have in the game are the uh, what evolved to be the best ship or in in specific class, and uh, you will find that pretty much every ship has some uses. Uh, some are versatile. Some are good at uh, hauling a lot of cargo. Some are nimble. And uh, but they, sh- I wanted to all of them to feel feel different to this not being just another skin slapped on the same ship model. So they they all will fly differently. They will behave differently. They will have other quirks. Uh, some yeah. will like understeer when empty. Other will understeer when full. And that that's that's not something that that was actually the. It was kind of designed in, but most of those things are emergent from this. The the lot of things about the ships are simulated. That's great. That's great. Because uh, I know what Jacob uh, will probably say soon, because there is another game series that's also going to get a sequel this year that allows multiple builds that that forces the player to actually experiment Mm. around. So, uh, yeah, I love experimentation. Thank Thank you for allowing me to do that. So, actually, I wanted to mention, because you mentioned Hideo Kojima, and the game, in a roundabout way, I've realized, reminds me of Death Stranding. Uh, for, not for because of the, like, silly uh, the, like silly names and the uh, weird plot, because it doesn't have one of those, but because, primarily, again, Death Stranding is primarily about walking, or rather, it's about hiking, and how you can make the act of hiking 
interesting as a concept. Uh, you know, walking from one play, uh, point A to point B, how do you optimize that? And in some way, Rings of Saturn is similar to that because what you're doing is, um, because again, it's about banging open rocks and then eating those rocks. It's fundamentally a movement challenge. You, how do you get from one rock to the other without smashing into another rock and exploding and with eating the most rocks in the shortest time period? But on top of that, there's a lot of very interesting content and a lot of interesting uh, and many other interesting details that just make the game more fun on top of the very good um, core gameplay loop of, well, beating rocks. It essentially takes something that should be boring by itself and makes it very interesting by make, by giving it a ton of depth. Because normally, again, mining in a game, in a space game is you point the big chunky mining laser at something, you press the trigger and wait. What's that? <laughs> and you know, I, I like those games too, like Jump Gate and whatnot. I appreciate those games, but it is it is nice to have something a little more involved, like this. You know, where uh, where you, you have to be much more active in your mining. You know, I I do appreciate that. Now, this uses the Godot engine. Uh, I believe. Um, was yes. there was there a reason you chose that particular engine over something like Unity or Unreal, or for example? Because I don't run into it. We are running into more games that are using Godot, but it still seems like not as many games use it as say Unity or whatever. Well, the Unity is like the go-to for the indie games because it's free and its uh, resources for that are everywhere. And uh, I actually used Godot because I initially wanted to make my own engine for this. I'm a, in the day job, I'm a programmer, so that, that, that was a possibility. But then I figured that would be too much work. And uh, like, it's not, you don't make an engine for a one month project, what was initially uh, visualized. <laughs> so I, I looked for something that would be friendly for me. And Godot was actually one of those, those engines that seem like uh, friendly for programmers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about it, but I am running more it, I we do seem to be running into more and more games that are using it. Um uh, there are a lot of games that use Godot, but you don't have to advertise it. There's no nothing like this is completely open source. You can do with it whatever you want, and there are a lot of games that just don't mention that made in Godot. Oh, okay. Anything could be Godot. It could be me. It could be you. All right, carry on. <laughs> so the, the, I, I looked on this. It, it was uh, like low barrier to, of, of entry. It, it had low, low barrier. It's really a pretty small piece of software compared to other engines. Like you want to install Unreal, that's like four gigabytes right now, something like that. And Godot takes like 20 megabytes in one executable and that's it you have entire engine oh really Cause so it, 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 it uh, and uh, this entire concept uh, inside the engine the the node tree the how the events are connected just resonated with me yeah because i don't know anything about engines so just learning about all these different engines has been kind of fascinating. 
And uh, Godot is one that is coming up, at least in my sphere, more and more uh, often. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of games don't um, advertise it. So they should. They totally, totally mm-hmm. should. Because um, I, I, I dig it, you know? Hang on. And so, wait, how big is your game? Let's see, as you said, wow, it's not even a gig. It isn't? No. I just I just looked it up. It's 0.98 gigabytes. This game is in scope huge, but not in physical size. That's that that must well, be uh, if if you want if if you want it, I can certainly make it bigger. No, I'm just, I'm that's, just... Not a, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> well no, you were you were saying how like tiny the engine is and how small it is and how you know efficient it is, and I was just yeah, like the engine executable of that is just like forty megabytes total for all the platforms supported. Oh, and one thing that I really liked about Godot, it's it is basically a virtual machine, kind of. So the say the game comes into two files. You have the engine itself and the di- data file, and you can swap the data file across all platforms, and it just works. So we have the Linux port, the Mac port, that works just by use- changing that twenty megabyte part of the entire game. Oh, so it's very easy to port over to other systems as well. Is that? That might yeah, be that's... part of the reason why it's so popular is because you don't get oh my God. Where is it coming to Linux? It just it just happens. So wait a minute. I'm looking at I'm looking at this. The whole game is two files. The EXE yes. and the PCK, and that's it. Yeah, the PCK is kind of like zip. So there there are files inside just that are oh. for your convenience. <laughs> so it actually size wise it would work on my favorite handheld, but the font would have to be about like two point font. <laughs> and you can you can enlarge your font. <laughs> so, so I, I don't think have you thought can... about? Uh, go ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, have you thought about uh, doing versions for for mobile devices like Android Ooh. or iOS? Mm. No. No, because this <laughs> game is actually pretty heavy on the physics, and uh, so it uh, it's quite demanding on the CPU. It like it runs on Steam Deck uh, pretty well, but this is like our minimal software, uh, minimal hardware requirements is like like you 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 need to have at least Steam Deck. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Now, now, wait, that leads me to a question. Does this, because I didn't look, does this have gamepad support? Like, could I play this with a gamepad? Yeah, like this is, this is, this, this has full gamepad support. Oh, for God's sakes. Okay, I got to, <laughs> I just we saw the keys. keys in memory sets. I just saw the keyboard keys and I was like, okay, I'll play it this way. And I had no idea that gamepad support you was in there. You played it with gamepad. No, I did not. I, yeah, no. I, I saw you playing with gamepad. No, I was only playing with a keyboard and mouse. Uh, I'm going to dig up that video for you. Uh, okay, maybe because I remember, I remember I had a feedback about gamepad support specifically from watching you play. Oh, it says full controller support right here on the Steam page. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I there's no homework here on the Space Game Junkie podcast. We all just go from our gut. <laughs> we all just shoot from the hip. That's what we do. <laughs> no research. Who does? Who has time for that? <laughs> research. 
no, I'm glad to hear that because that'll probably make the game a lot easier for me to play. Maybe I played the when I played it back in the day, but I, I what I do with early access games is I try it once and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like this, and then I don't touch it again until it hits 1.0 because. <laughs> Cause I don't want to burn out on it before. And a lot of changes usually happen. Like there's another game coming out. It's an early access that I lost like 18 hours to. I'm like, I got to stop. Cause he keeps adding new things to it and I'm just going to get lost in that. So I got to, I have to stop. So I, I, I don't play a lot of early access games beyond like playing them initially. So if I played game with a gamepad back in the day and forgot, that's on me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear it has gamepad support. And now I'm going to play it a lot more because it has gamepad support because it seems perfectly suited to a gamepad, like perfectly suited to a gamepad. It works very well. Now, I don't use it with a gamepad because um, I feel like it. But yeah, it works with a gamepad perfectly it's, well. It's fair. <laughs> I love me some gamepad. Uh, so, okay. So the game is going to come out 1.0 uh, next month. Um, and you, we already talked about potential future DLC, if any, uh, which will probably be completely optional. Um, now, are you just going to, is the plan to just keep building upon this game? Do you have anything like a sequel in the works? Because we've got to start wrapping up. So that's the kind of questions I ask when we got to start wrapping up. Is uh, Okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm certainly going to work on this for, well, a couple of years at least. Hey, that's fine, man. Because I, mean, I really, I really enjoy it, and uh, I, I have things I want in. I, I, I want more things in. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, there, one, 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 one of the, one of the ideas I, I had when making this game. So there, there's this idea of target audience. I, I, yeah, I'm terrible at English. Audience, uh, audience. Okay. Uh, so the people who will enjoy your game. So I figured I best make the game I enjoy and just hope there are other people that like me. So this way I got a really fast feedback loop if a feature is good or not, because I just played, I know, no, no, that's, that's not good. I need to change it. So instantly. And uh, because of that, I really like playing this and working on this. So it, this will continue. And uh, yeah, I have ideas for two, not sequels, but other games in the same universe. I wanted oh. to make some, yeah, I wanted to make a logistic shipping game <laughs> about shipping in solar system. Oh, Space yes. Trucking, you're yes. Saying? yes, 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 something, please. Something like, like there's very unexplored portion uh, about space games. I'm really, I'm really puzzled why games don't do that or... So perhaps some 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 do and I just don't know about it. But no, a lot think don't. About a lot. A, a thing about space that's very unique and is not explored is that the map changes over time. So like planets are in orbit, and uh, this year Mars is close, and next year it will, it will not be close. So this gives you a lot of opportunity of uh, strategic pla planning, long long term strategic planning in the game about space shipping. Oh, yeah. No, a so lot that, of... That... No, I was yeah, just going to no. say a lot of games don't do that because it's probably complicated to pull off and it's probably complicated for gamers. But if you could make that, you know, straightforward, you know, that would be amazing. Like, I have okay, to get this... Thought... Go ahead. 
Sorry. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how this that that it goes. That's one of the things I'm considering and checking out. Uh, actually, if if I can pull the uh, the visuals off. And the, another thing I would like to try it's like a first-person game inside your spaceship. So, uh, oh. oh, so it would take place in this time that you're not actually mining. So you take your ship and go to the Enceladus station. It takes like 20, 12 hours minimum, and then you'll have your like first-person walk around the ship. You can see how uh, how gravity changes with the uh, with the ship movement. You you have all the habitats you can you can interact with. Uh, it's basically about maintaining your ship in flight and uh, living aboard the ship, uh, in contrast to piloting it. So I, I thought this 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 would be a cool thing. And also, I'm doing this all in the like one universe because I have things I worked on here established. Like I don't have to invent new ships because <laughs> those those will work because I needed to make them pretty much physically accurate for this game, so it will work in any other physically accurate game. Oh, that's right. true. That's wow. great. Now that is great. Yeah. So you're building a franchise here, which I could see. So basically, uh, games in the same universe, but with completely different mechanics, but sharing stuff that I already established. No, Sounds that, good. That's that's great. You know, if you have a yeah, that, it, yeah. Sorry. So uh, may I throw out a, a quick question here before? Yeah. A uh, quick question here about uh, optional stuff you mentioned before there. Uh, DLC or whatnot. Can we get more fancy um, um, HUDs for the ships? I like the selection so far, but it feels like you can do some crazy stuff with that, and I like uh, what's, like to see what's on display. Yeah, the new HUDs come with new ships. So oh. I, th- there's always a stock sh- stock HUD for a ship. There's there's not like the, I I I feel like the HUD is like a dashboard in the car. You can replace it with another cars, but. There, there's something that comes stop. Actually, I think in early versions you could not retrofit huts, so it was more about like uh, you change the ship to prospector and you have yeah. another hut because it's another I remember ship. That. Uh, but some players really dislike that because uh, you get used know, to really. one of the, you, get, you, you get, get used to the to, one. Get, yeah. So then, like I am also very get, happy you gave the with the eagle prospector. I. I'm really glad you, you had a variant that changes the ship to metric because I understand it's American. It's like in feet and pounds or whatever, but it, it would have <laughs> driven me up the wall if I had to deal with that. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, not, we're not sorry. We're not sorry with your metric system. I, I am a professional miner in space. I do not want your freedom units. On my spaceship. Sorry, we will we will use any other thing but the metric system. That asteroid is fifteen dachshunds away. Okay, it is fifty. It is eighty puppies away. We will use anything except the metric system. God damn it! <laughs> because that's that is a large rock. rock, the size of a small rock. By the way, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> At large, bigger than a football stadium. That's, yeah, that's about that's about the limit we can handle. That that rock is eighteen football stadiums away. That's basically how we do everything. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> There's actually a great okay, piece. That was very funny. 
No, there's actually a great Facebook group called, I think Americans will do anything to not use the metric system or something like that. <laughs> it's the, and it's so freaking dumb. There's so much dumb stuff in there. It's so oh. dumb. Before uh, we go, I want to thank the developer for making an industry game and not just making another Bing Bing space shooter. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really my kind of game. Yeah. There should be a lot more like it. Agreed. 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 I mean, space combat is great, but mining is also it. great. Making money is also great. So, like, there, the, space is big, y'all. There should be room for everything. Is it, yeah. <laughs> Though, I will say, I do find it interesting, like, how many of the mechanics end up working really great in, in, for a combat game. Uh, the damage control mechanic, I love it. Uh, uh, the way that... this. Despite them being mining tools, the weapons are exceptionally well designed, uh, with a lot of varied options of what you could do with them. You can also tune them. You can tune everything in this game. Yeah, uh, I, I got. I got to say, the, the, what's the what's the gun that comes on your first ship? Is that like a? It's a some kind of mass driver or something like that. It's the coil gun, if memory serves. It's yeah. so satisfying to shoot it from a from a reaction standpoint and from a sound standpoint. It's so satisfying. Come oh, really here. Come here. Just makes that lovely kajunk yes. sound. It's like yes. Now, yes. Now, personally, I use uh, microwaves and mining lasers because what happens when you what happens when you kajunk an asteroid open? Because this is a simulation game, uh, the it flies off come everywhere. Out, yeah, yeah. They, they all go into. I had to. Ch- By the way, I have a question: Is beryllium like particularly springy in this game? Because like uh, well, I understand, it's very yeah. expensive, <laughs> uh, but it's. It's all tied together, so like beryllium has really low density in real life. So the chunk ah. of the size you see is like ten times lighter than uh, for iron or something like that. And as a so consequence, if, as a very... consequence, if you impart energy, it flies fast. And as a consequence of that, because it's challenging to mine, it's expensive. Got it. I see. That's how it is. So because it flies off. At mark however much every time you smack open a rock with it and have to chase it through half the ring, it's more expensive. Makes that's, sense. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Emergent economics. Beautiful. Uh, we didn't talk about that. The 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 economy is per, is dynamic. Am I remembering that correctly? It is a dynamic economy. Yeah, Yes, there, 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 are, there are changing prices, uh, and you can have effect on the your, your actions actually affect the prices, uh, but th- there is no f- full simulation of the market. So, like wow. th- that's that's something that you you would have to make another game to make a full simulation <laughs> of market. <laughs> Which so we're not gonna deal with. Well, it's it's fair. I mean, as long as it makes me, as long as it fools me into thinking it's somewhat dynamic, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of dynamic. It's uh, it, it your actions. If you, if you really buy or sell a lot of ore, it will change the price, but it will not be very predictable. Like it might affect the effect might be that that the price uh, falls if you uh, sell a lot, but it, there might be might be a hidden undercurrent that will uh, make it rise. That was actually a lot of work to balance out because in the early versions it was easy to make a lot of money by just trading. Like Ooh. you made your first million in mining and then you could just trade and trade and trade. So oh. and not play the game. 
yeah. Well, play the other part of the game, but not the fun part. <laughs> so there, there are some, a lot of effort put in there to make it uh, like feel like there's a real market going on, and but not being the, uh, well, making you not not be able to break it quickly. <laughs> so wow. there are things like uh, we abandoned the idea of skipping time, just pressing a button to skip skip days because that that was not fun. Uh, we have this those those hotels and services right now to to for skipping time and uh, that works much better mostly because it it gives you like in in universe uh, in immersive experience that your crew is going somewhere to to wait and you are not just sitting around and uh, I don't want to take away that that feeling that that this is a thing that's really happening in space like right? so so. It's not uh, not getting to gamey. I, I'm not sure if I make sense. No, I you, get what you, you mean. Yes, totally makes sense. Yeah, you you don't want to gamify too much because you gamify yeah, something it, too much, it takes you out of it. Yeah, it. I, I wanted one of the things that I really uh, if you, when I play, I play for hours, both for testing and for enjoyment. That that that's a cool thing. So when I play it, I like to feel like I'm actually on the ship and uh, I'm interacting with crew and in- interacting with real station and real market and not just numbers that I can crunch up. So a lot, lot of changes and balancing got in, in there to, to, to make it this way. Right. And we're all thankful for it. Oh, yeah. Well, friend, friends, the game is Delta V, Rings of Saturn. It is. It's, which, by the way, um, I wanted to mention before that uh, Brian here works in uh, search engine optimization. And you calling the game Delta V, as in the letter Delta and V, I feel like has kind of cost you some sales from people who just typed in Delta V, de- the word Delta V into the Steam search bar and saw there's nothing there. I didn't really <laughs> want to say anything, but that can be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that works really well. That's because that, yeah, that works really well because that's first, uh, it, it stands out. Okay, that's probably very true. Yeah, that's Th- probably quite true. That stands out and uh, it's a geek filter. So this is like this thing that people say, oh, this might be a game for me. Ah, I see. Okay, that's uh, correct. Of course, I. I don't have another game, just the same game with another name to give you a comparison. So that's my feel is that it actually works pretty well. Most people, when looking for it, they look for Rings of Saturn anyway. Yeah, that's what I usually like. I will tell you, it was tough finding, like I wanted to find the size of the game. And I'm like, where the hell is it in my Steam folder? I don't know where the hell it is in my Steam folder. Oh, it's under D. Interesting. But anyway, it's called just look for Rings of Saturn on Steam or 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 because that's probably the easiest way to find it. Uh it is also in what's the bundle called? Does anyone remember what the bundle's called? Space Alliance Bundle. Say again, please. Independent Space Alliance. Independent Space Alliance Bundle. Independent was, Space Alliance uh, Bundle. Which was uh, put together by devs on our Discord. Yeah, as that's astounding. It's a great bundle. By the way, it's got so many good games in that. 
Uh, if you want to bundle, if you want to support other space game developers besides uh, Coder here, uh, Coder, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your evening to uh, join us. I know it's it's late there, but I really do appreciate it. Um, so that's been my pleasure. Oh, ours too. Uh, so, folks, there's not going to be a podcast next week or any streams for that matter. Uh, we have a house guest, so can't really do it. Um, so, no podcast next week. Um, but I'm working on a guest for the week following. I think we're, I think they're, I think they've said yes. They just haven't fully confirmed. Um, but, uh, I think we're going to have a guest in two weeks. I, I just not a hundred percent there on board yet. Um, but thank you, uh, everyone for listening. We had a great chat today. Uh, very active chat. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry about the doorbell. Uh, yeah, but I think my 386 has arrived. And uh, we'll see you later, folks. Uh, be safe. Take care of each other. Please get vaccinated if you haven't already. And um, thank you, as always, to our patrons. We'll see you next time, y'all. Bye-bye.